Welcome to the Golf League Podcast. I hope everyone has had a fantastic week since the last episode went out. And today's episode is with Natalie Lowe. So Natalie Lowe owns a company called Profit Golf Conditioning, and she is obviously a golf-specific fitness trainer. Um, she's, she's a TPI certified level three, as well as being a qualified uh, personal trainer and accredited strength conditioning coach. So um, in this episode, we discuss basically implementing physical strategies for the club golfer and what they can do um, at home and at the gym to improve their golf game. Uh, we talk around Natalie's coaching philosophy, um, and there's a lot of information here, again, in the, in the episode that a lot of people can get a lot from. So enjoy. So, Nat, uh, just to start, if it's okay for the listeners as well, um, if you could just introduce yourself, uh, your journey, and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, okay, so my name is Natalie Lowe. I'm from Manchester. Um, I'm the owner of Profit Golf Conditioning. Um, and my journey into golf fitness actually started as a golfer myself. So, played golf for 15 years or just over played as a high-level high amateur, then went and turned pro. Um, I played on the LET Access Tour for a season, which is the equivalent of Men's Challenge Tour, Men's Euro Pro, um, and pretty much quickly realised I wasn't going to get very far. Um, usual story, which, you know, a lot of golfers find themselves in that situation. So I then um, ended up as a personal trainer, very randomly, um, through conversations with friends. Um, I got a, a job at a gym nearby where I lived um, with the intention that I wanted to go into golf fitness, obviously with a golf background um, and sporting background as a kid, played loads of other sports. Um, and from there, I decided to take on the TPI qualifications. So work my way through level one, two, and three. Um, I'm a UKSCA strength and conditioning coach. Um, FRC, mobility practitioner. And from there, I've built my way into uh, my business, which is now big golf. Cool. Um, so, actually, I think one thing that would be quite interesting to know, and one thing to touch on, um, would be so having that golf background um, and then moving into, you know, you had, you had a year as a professional golfer. Um, do you think with your clients, especially, that, you know, that's something that not necessarily respect, but, you know, it's a, it's a good selling point for yourself. Yeah, I think so. I think I think it's an easy transition for me. Um, I, I don't believe you have to be a great golfer to be a great coach, but I think it does help um, when people come in and they say, oh, I'm trying to do this with my swing or I feel this. And, and even down to sort of how they're playing on the course, like you can relate to those feelings. You know uh, yeah. what it's like to be in those positions, having been there myself. Yeah. And especially a lot for, you know, some of the younger guys that I train, like the elite level players, if they're ever struggling or they're in certain situations, I can relate and say, you know, I, I know how that feels. I've been there. Um, and I think it, it does really help to, to certainly to be a golfer. I think um, it's quite a unique sport. So having, yeah. having a hand in experience definitely helps. Yeah, definitely. I can imagine. And 
it's, I mean, moving on quite similar. Um, you know, working, you know, as a personal trainer. Um, yeah. I mean, how how do you sort of generate that buy-in with your clients? So it's not nece- not even necessarily the selling point, but you know, how do you, how you get that buy-in from your clients to let them know the benefits? Um, I think I think it's important to make that connection uh, with golfers in terms of how um, you know your physiology affects your golf swing. Um, I think, like Mike Carroll touched upon it in in his interview, that um, it can be tricky for the club golfer to understand that golf fitness actually is a thing, but that it also can benefit them at their level as well. I think there's a, a still bit of a misconception that people think it's only for tour players or elite yeah, level golfers that can benefit from training in the gym, whereas it's actually the complete opposite. You know, the, the lower level player you are, the more you have to gain. So yeah. the more it will benefit you. So for me, I think, um, you know, starting off obviously in personal training and gyms, uh, it's making that connection with people, just like a little bit of education um, and sort of explaining in terms of how um, mechanically and biologically your body affects the movements you can create as a golfer and how, how that will benefit your game in the long run in terms of being able to hit the ball further, um, striking it more consistently, playing injury-free or pain-free, and all of those things then hopefully add up to reducing your handicap and, and actually enjoying the game in the long run. Yeah, I think I think you've actually hit the nail on the head there. I think um, but a lot of the stuff that I've been you know reading recently, the I can't imagine you get this for your clients, but I think there still is a bit of a misconception around um, the actual aim of golf fitness. It, I think some people think it's to swap over, you know, to instead of a lot of actual technical practice time. But yeah, um, like you just said, it's just something else that can be that tiny little bit of a game that can move your game on forward. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I mean, with you getting clients in that sometimes are quite fresh, um, it'd be quite interesting to hear. You know the the main sort of um, what's the trends you would see physically with them. You know the the weaknesses that they have. Yeah, um, I think you see a lot of sort of common trends with most people. Um, typically, a lack of mobility for sure is definitely one through all yeah. all the major joints: shoulders, hips, back, ankles. Um, the most common ones, um, a lack of general body strength. Um, I think, obviously, as a nation now, we're, we're relatively inactive. Spend a lot of time seated at work, seated at home, or stood for long periods of time, which is not ideal. That's not how our bodies are designed to be. So um, the less movement we create, the less we sort of get better at a movement. Therefore, it creates a lack of strength and mobility. Um, but I think the most common thing, really, is kind of a lack of awareness of how your body should move uh, or how your body you want your body to move as a golfer um i think most golfers sort of they take take up lessons and they get um taught in a certain way in, in a technical sense but we never really relate that back to what our body's trying to do or how we're trying to control those movements um and i think that's one of the great things about training is that it gives you that internal feedback and sort of motor control and muscle memory of right, okay, this is a rotational movement and this is how to drive out of the ground, this is how to use my glutes or whatever it might be. Um, yeah. And I think that's that's the number one thing for me with a lot of my clients is sort of just educating them in the sense that, right, okay, when you're hitting this shot, this is what we're looking to feel or this is where we're trying to drive the movement from. 
And that, you know, that helps the coach as well because they're teaching them from a technical perspective in terms of, right, we want the club here, we want to set the wrist more here. And if they can feel those movements, then they happen quicker and we get progress much faster. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so, I mean, moving on now. Um, so, you've, you've got your new golfer in the gym. Um, you've sort of highlighted, you know, you've seen the weaknesses, a few that you just mentioned there. Um, you know, what would sort of be your, I guess you could call it your coaching philosophy. So, you know, yeah. what would be the journey now for that fresh golfer, that club golfer? So, I think for me, um, my philosophy as a coach is basics done well. Um, so, your body can only move in certain directions as a person anyway. So, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel in any sense. We're just trying yeah. to get the person to move as well as they can and under the best amount of control they can um, and become as strong as they can. So, for me, my methodology with someone that comes in that's new is obviously, A, to find out what are their goals or what are their intentions. So, what are they looking to achieve over a certain time period? Because that really dictates the, the methodology and and some of the programming that I might use. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then want to screen that person. So we want to know, have they got any physical limitations or restrictions that are potentially going to hold back their progress technically or physically? Um, and also from an injury perspective, we don't want to potentially injure them going forward if we didn't find out some sort of information in, in the beginning. Um, depending on the results of that screening would be then how I would program or take on my exercise selection for that person. Um, so if we get someone that's particularly immobile, which is often the case, then what I like to do with players is sort of give them a program that <clears throat> highlights uh, their strengths. So it gets them you know, to promote movements and exercises, A, that they enjoy, but B, that they're good at, because we want to build confidence as well. You know, it's not yeah. just going right you can't do this this and this um, and therefore you know this means you're never going to do this this and this we still want to build confidence um, in the gym for starters but B we then want to sort of give them the biggest bang for the book essentially so the way I look at it is kind of minimum input for maximum output so a lot of a lot of clients that you'll see as a trainer you know they don't have a disposable amount of time you know, they've probably got busy family life, busy working life. At the weekend, they want to get out with their mates and play. So the fitness side, I think, often can be sort of a, a second place, really, in terms of the actual yeah. goal. So we want to make something that's relatively quick that they can do in more than one place, i.e. they can have five minutes at home or yeah. at work, and they don't always have to be in the gym. So what I'd like to do with my clients is give them like a mobility workout, this may be literally 10 minutes, three or four exercises, really basic movements that hit the areas that they need to improve the most. So if someone comes in and let's just say hips is their worst um, screening, for example, they might, they might have two or three hip movements and one spinal movement. So we've kind of hit most of the main movements in terms of the golf swing, but we try and get the areas that need the most improvement. Um, and then what I do is sort of give them a, a strength-based session that we would work through together in the gym that they can then take away. And when they go in the gym on their own, they work through in the same manner that we would do as if we were training together. And we would look at reviewing that every sort of three to four weeks um, and checking on progress as we go along, really. Cool. The one thing that I'd have to pick up on there um, would be the time um, concept that you you just mentioned, you know, giving 
you find the opportunity to do stuff obviously away from the gym. So, um, yeah. which, which moves on really well to the next question, which, uh, you know, it'd be quite interesting to know what sort of physical strategies you'd, you'd kind of suggest club golfers to implement in their everyday life. So it doesn't even necessarily have to be, you know, those mobility workouts that you set, but just general things that can help, you know, the, the golf. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think um, one of the biggest things that my clients have said to me is simply, it might, might sound really stupid, but an awareness of the ground. So when they're practicing, for example, it's to sort of feel the ground underneath your feet um, yeah. and almost like drive through the ground a little bit more. That automatically creates a little bit more stability. A lot of the time, if we have a bit more stability, mobility tends to flow a little bit easier. Yeah. So that's one thing from a practice perspective that I would encourage all players to try and think about is you know, where can you feel your weight? What can you actively feel working when you're playing? Because they're, they're the movements that we're, we're trying to improve. Um, yeah. And secondly, I think just a case of like generally being more active. So if you're someone who um, has a desk job, it might be a case of just getting up every half an hour and moving around a little bit so you're not constantly sat in the same position. Um, or just having one basic go-to exercise that you can do every single day that literally takes you 30 seconds to a minute. Because, you know, we're not creating gymnasts or Olympians or anything like that. It's just small, minimal gains that you add up over time that really make a big difference to people's games and to people's lives. So yeah. don't think that just because you can't get to the gym for two hours every night, it's not worthwhile doing. It's the little things that count the most. I think, I, you know, I think the the words I'll pick up on them was that minimal gains concept that, you know, that the idea of golf fitness isn't to, you know, take over anything else, but it's something, you know, even if it just improves your game by 1%, it improves yeah. by 1%. Yeah, um, for sure. So, um, I guess with, with what you're saying there, you know, those go-to movements at home, maybe, um, if you could have a golfer, you know, doing some sort of any, any type of mobility, you know, what would be that go-to exercise, that staple exercise that you would have in their program, do you think? Uh, as in one particular exercise? Yeah, in general, you know, if you could have body one part. That, well, I would uh, take a picture to you. Um, for me, I think I find the biggest bang people exercise is anything sort of thoracic-based. Yeah. So um, I use an exercise, I don't even think it's got a name, to be quite honest. Um, <laughs> is basically just a kneeling version that creates thoracic extension, rotation and flexion all in one. Right. And it will instantly just increase the range of movement that you have. Yeah. Uh, golf is a rotational sport. And although there are a lot of supportive factors in other areas that require good mobility, it's your rotation, I think, as a player that, that helps you feel better through the movement. If that rotation's there, you, you, you draw a little bit of confidence on that. Um, yeah. So for me, that would that would be the go-to exercise cool and then um in the gym and this is something that's been fair i didn't actually write down but i'd be quite interested to know if that's okay um so obviously you're a uk strength Condition associated you get yep. credited um and i know that obviously for you know to get your accreditation you have to show your competence in your olympic lifting yeah um, is that something that you you try to include within your programming um, yeah. And if not, do you have any sort of derivatives of that? Yeah, for sure. I think the Olympic lifts um, tend to get used more with high uh, level players. 
Yeah. And someone that's essentially trained for a little bit longer, they've got that foundation strength and good because all the lifts require good range mobility. If you build yeah. into an overhead squat position um, and a, a deadlift position, which requires good hip joint mobility anyway. And with a lot of club golfers, that's something that they tend to lack. So that's not something I would go to straight away. Yeah. Um, it's something that we would definitely look at building towards because the benefits from a power and speed perspective in terms of golf uh, are massive from Olympic lifts. And I think there's a bit of a misconception with Olympic lifting as well that it's not good for golfers because it's going to hurt you and you're going to get bulky and you're not going to be able to move when actually it's the complete opposite. We're trying to, um, if we look at the golf swing, powers generated from the ground up. If we look at a lot of the Olympic lifts, it's the same kind of principle. Yeah. We're trying to drive a fast, powerful movement from the ground up. Um, so even if someone isn't capable of taking on the full lift, as in full clean or a full snatch, there's still some really good derivatives of that movement. For example, um, you know, the power versions, our power clean or power snatch. And again, if they're not capable of that at that point in time, you can go to the dumbbell versions um, or even just working with something like a split jerk, um, driving out the ground, getting that bar overhead quickly. All those movements that replicate the amount of force and speed that you require to hit the golf ball a long way as well. Um, so it's definitely something I would look towards working with with every golfer, really, not not, not just the, the better players, for yeah. lack of that phrase. Cool. Now it's, uh, it's interesting to hear, and like you were saying there, you know, that people think that it's going to make them, them bulky and you know, not be able to move well. And I saw something the other day about, um, you know, someone was talking about golf fitness, and it was a misconception for someone that obviously is not, uh, they don't really understand it. And they brought up the Tiger Woods idea that he trained, you know, really hard at the gym for so many years and he ended yeah. up injured. And it, and it frustrates me to the fact that this is a guy that's had, you know, more wins than anyone on the PJ Tour. Yeah. And people think that, you know, it's, um, and I'm not saying that he's won all these tournaments because of how fit he is, but again, yeah. it's just something else to contribute. But, I, th- um, I think as well, just to like make a small point on that as well, from, from my sort of experience of playing other sports, golf is one of the sports that don't train to be better at. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. If you brought an athlete, whether you brought up a big football, whatever the sport is, train to be better at the sport. Don't yeah. just play the sport every day. You're not just going to go run 100 metres every single yeah. day. Yeah, exactly. You know, you have to break down the, the technical aspects, the physical aspects. To, to any golfers is to be open-minded about it um, and that there's there's no set way you know it's it's your game your rules yeah uh, you know 
think the biggest thing for club golfers to learn is to just see an expert, go and see a professional in the same way that you would do for a lesson. You know, you wouldn't go down the driving range and and let Bob give you a lesson down the end of the range. And that should sort of be the same thing, really, from a, a gym perspective. You know, go and no see someone that knows what they're talking about, get their advice, um, and go from there, really. You've set yourself some goals. Okay, what, what do I realistically want to achieve? And how much time can I commit to that goal? And break it down from there, because it, it might be a case of you can make the gym three or four times a week, and it might be a case yeah. of you only have five minutes every evening at home. And whatever option that it is, you just choose the best one that fits you because that's the one that you're more likely to stick to and therefore you're going to get more consistency from and in the longer run you're going to get some better results from. Um, but definitely be open-minded to it because I think it's one of those things that until you try it, you won't really truly feel or know the benefit. Yeah, cool. And then, um, I mean, you mentioned obviously there about seeking out an expert, so... Um... Where can people find you, just to finish off with? Um, so I spend most of my time on Instagram. So my Instagram handle is at pro underscore fit golf. Um, you can also find the Facebook page under the same name. Um, and I have a Twitter as well, but I don't use that particularly often. So Instagram is so the main, uh, main yeah. handle for that. Definitely. Um, and it's a good Instagram feed as well. Um, and then, um, just a bit of fun, so... I asked this to Mike the other day, so I'll ask yeah. it to you. So, um, one famous person, dead or alive, to play around with? <laughs> uh, good question. It's got to be James Bond, doesn't it? Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig, yeah, cool. I, interesting. That's uh, not for uh, golfing reasons either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with you 100%. And, um, and to finish off of as well, and that's quite fitting as well with the um, with recording in the week of the Zurich Classic, so... Uh, with the walk-up music so what would be your, your go-to tune oh, my go-to tune um, that's a good question um, oh, like to think tune. it was uh, JT I like it I'm definitely not that cool but it's a cool song yeah I'm going to be adding all these songs that I asked to, uh, to go to for my playlist so um Matt, thanks for your time. I appreciate no it. No problem. Uh, we got there in the end. Uh, we did. No problems, but we got there in the end. So thank you. And, You're welcome. Uh, yeah, cheers. I'll see you later. No worries. Speak to you soon. <laughs>